Hello, Gaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsor. The IGMNX podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. The Pragmatic Solutions player account management platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. And now here is today's podcast. Future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lindt. And there we go. Hello and welcome to the iGaming Next uh, podcast, episode 12, which is uh, partnered by Pragmatic Solutions. And uh, today uh, we have with us Peter Paul, the... Um, Joy, <laughs> Peter Paul the Joy. Am I pronouncing this correct, uh, Peter Paul? Yeah, it's, it's I, fine. I, 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 will, I will listen to anything. Peter Paul the Joy. I'm sorry about that. As a as a neighboring no Swedish person, I should be uh, better at this. But uh, but uh, anyhow, it's really nice to have you with us today, Peter Paul. Um, nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You you are the managing director of the trade association Spiel Vlandvoord, uh, yeah. basically uh, in the Netherlands. Can uh, uh, you introduce yourself a little bit? What you do and and what uh, are the targets of Spiel Vlandvoord? Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Peter Paul de Goei. I'm the director of uh, Spiel Verantwoord, uh, the Dutch trade association for online gambling operators. Um, I have a background in uh, telecommunications. Uh, um, legal and regulatory affairs, public affairs. Um, I uh, also run a consulting business called Quad Bonum. Um, and I joined the gambling industry back in 2013, so relatively new. Um, but uh, uh, first uh, uh, as, uh, you know, an employee for uh, a lottery company. And um, I, uh, uh, I've been focusing on the online gambling industry since uh, July uh, 1st last year uh, when I started for uh, Spiel Verantwoord. Uh, Spiel Verantwoord uh, is a trade association um, uh, set up in 2014. Um, initially, it was uh, predominantly um, a, a, an association set up uh, to, um, to bring about a change to the legislative system in the Netherlands, um, allowing online um, uh, companies to, uh, uh, to apply for a license. Um, and in February 2019, um, the, uh, the the bill uh, allowing uh, online uh, uh, gambling uh, was uh, was uh, well passed the, the Senate, and um, that invoked basically a um, uh, a program of change. So we're uh, in the middle of uh, uh, a change towards uh, becoming a full association with a new name, um, and this will happen you know, over the coming uh, over the coming few months. Um, and uh, basically, spill for Antwoord means uh, uh, play responsibly. Uh, that is one of the goals that we are um, that we are working towards. Um, uh, so, uh, consumer protection is uh, is one of the the goals that we're uh, focusing on. Uh, aside from um, 
the representing uh, uh, the industry uh, with uh, stakeholders uh, and uh, politicians in the Netherlands. Yeah, thank you, Paul. So, so the Netherlands is an interesting market, of course. It's been it's been discussed to to implement these regulations for many years. There's been many delays along the way. Um, yeah. If I understand it correctly, the like you mentioned, the uh, the regulation was actually passed in 2013, but it's been delayed to implement it, uh, and it's still pending um, when it's actually going to be. Uh, implemented. Can you give uh, an uh, update on what is the current situation in the Netherlands right now? So indeed, uh, the the legislation or so the draft legislation, the bill uh, was introduced in uh, June 2013. So exactly seven years uh, uh, from from now. Um, it took quite a while before the the bill uh, was passed uh, and was basically adopted by uh, by the lower house and and then um, another three to four years uh, before it was adopted by the Senate. Uh, like I said, that happened in uh, February 2019, and ever since we are working on the uh, lower uh, legislation or regulations, if you will, and the policy, because um, in the beginning they decided they would bring the whole package, that is the, the law plus the regulations and the policy, uh, in one move um, and enact uh, uh, this whole package in, in, in one go. Um, this has, I think, led to uh, some delay um, because if you, you know, if you stop uh, working or if there is another round of questions on uh, one of the documents, all the documents will have to wait before uh, they are enacted. Um, we are now at, I would say, probably the fifth the fifth round of delays. Um, and last week there was a debate in. Um, uh, or so there was a vote uh, after a debate in the in the House of Commons on uh, the decree uh, that accompanies the the new law, um, and as a result, uh, we may face another delay of probably, you know, two months. Uh, the minister said that he expects a couple of months. Uh, on so when is uh, it to be an, when is it expected to be enacted now with this delay? So um, it's probably going to be March first, uh, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, okay. that's that's basically uh, where we are now. Um, the decree uh, has been uh, debated upon in uh, Parliament uh, because it's not legislation. The uh, MPs don't get to vote on the decree itself, but they have the possibility to ask questions and to suggest amendments or to adopt motions. Uh, um, trying to uh, convince government to, you know, change or amend uh, things. Yeah, because a decree um, is kind of like an order more than... Yes, uh, it's, 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 it sits below, uh, so on the, on the legal, uh, yeah, so on the legal letter, it sits below uh, legislation, it sits below the act, mm. but it's part of the complete package. Mm. Um, and even below that, you also have policy, and that is something that we will be... Um, you know that that will be worked on right now uh, by the gambling regulator and the KSA, uh, and they're expected to come out with the policy uh, containing also the draft uh, legislation uh, and the legislation requirements um, over the summer. So you know, hopefully they will uh, be able to send something for um, uh, market consultation mm -hmm. um, by the end of August. 
uh, hopefully halfway through August, but yeah, remains yeah. to be seen. Yeah, so right now we don't actually know how the framework for the legislation will look like, right? And, uh, th there are some details, so to say. There's this, uh, you know, cooling off period uh, yeah, of sure. 30 months that if you have uh, offered um, gambling services to Dutch players within 30 months of applying for their uh, license, you are automatically declining. It's, right? it's, it's a good point that you raise. Uh, it, it was uh, it was 30 months, but as a result of the, the votes and, and motions uh, the last two weeks, um, this will now be uh, probably be 32 months. So it is likely to keep uh, track with uh, with the expected uh, further delay. So, so this has delay. been increased several times now, right? Because it was two yes. years, it was yeah. the first, and then they, someone wanted, it was supposed to be five years, but okay, so now it's 32 months. That is yeah, the, so it's 32 months. But the way, the, the way it works is that you, you know, from the moment uh, that you apply oh, for yes. a license, hmm. you have to um, uh, stay uh, stay away from, um, uh, in. Uh, how do you say that, uh, from uh, breaking one of the uh, prioritization criteria. So if you if you have acted against one or more of the prioritization uh, criteria in the period of 32 months before your license application, your license application will be uh, rejected. Um, and so this is this is basically how the cooling uh, the cooling off period will work. Um, but this cooling off period, like you rightfully said, it's it's still draft and uh, it still has to come out. Uh, and this is what we are all waiting on uh, from the gambling uh, uh, regulator. But we do have, I would say, um, a very good uh, picture already of what what this will entail because um, the decree and the ministerial regulations have already been uh, consulted. Uh, I, I don't expect that the ministerial regulations in its final form will um, will deviate a lot from uh, uh, what was consulted. So we already have a very, I, I would say, very concrete picture of what it looks like. Um, and we already know what will happen to the cooling off period. Um, but you know uh, the proof uh, uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating as they say so we have to wait until um, until these uh, documents will be uh, will be published okay I, I want to say on the the cooling off period a little bit because it's the, it was quite interesting to me and um, correct me if I'm wrong here Pitbull, but that uh, is a quite unique uh, implementation this cooling off period that that doesn't exist um, when uh, previous regulations uh, uh, have been implemented in other markets right yeah, I've, I've been trailing uh, the various uh, regulations or re-regulations of uh, European markets, uh, you know, as comparison to what is happening in the Netherlands, and I haven't mm -hmm. seen, I haven't seen this uh, um, happening elsewhere, um, uh, outside from the fact that it's now being contemplated on being copied by, I think, the German. Um, uh, regulators, mm. yeah, they they are looking at the Dutch uh, the Dutch model of uh, of the cooling off period, um, but uh, yeah, I think there's a good reason for that because um, this this cooling off period is, uh, I would say, uh, well, to say the least, uh, legally vulnerable. Um, uh, so if it gets attacked in court. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to put a bet on, you know, uh, which side is going to win. I, I think there's a fair chance that it won't stand a uh, judicial test. But, you know, it remains to be seen uh, whether operators will uh, put it to the legal test. I, 
Yeah, because um, I would assume they will, because there are quite a lot of the big players who would be uh, excluded from applying for a license when it uh, will come into effect as it stands right now. Yeah, right? so it, it's it's hard for me to to step in their shoes and and mm. and uh, you know weigh all the 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 things that they have to weigh uh, before you take such a step. But you know, mm. fact of the matter is that legal processes uh, in general take a long uh, take a long uh, waiting time mm. before you have uh, a result uh, in the highest uh, instance uh, and especially in the Netherlands these cases you know can can take uh, one and a half to two years um, so you I, I, I would I would say you know pick wisely pick your battles um, mm. uh, but you know it's it's not up to me Interesting. So there's a, qu a question coming in here now actually from uh, Yvonne Jasma who's asking, what's the impact of this uh, cooling off period for the players after the market is open? Um, yeah, so um, if um, I, I think I think the um, um, the impact will be um, how do you say medium or or like it's hard to say um, because there will be players that are used to play uh, with uh, with operators that are uh, uh, told to uh, to cool off basically um, uh, but as soon as uh, these uh, operators uh, come onto the market and and do get their license uh, these these players can uh, then play with the regulated offer so uh, I, I think there will be an effect but it will be limited um, what what is the most important thing here is that this cooling off period isn't uh how do you say it? Un unlimitedly or or um I, I can't think of the right word but isn't um into extenso uh, uh extended uh, by uh, another few months another few months another few months mm -hmm. the minister made it very clear that with every extension of the cooling off period this whole measure becomes uh more vulnerable mm -hmm. so Interesting. Thank you, uh, Yvonne, for, for that question. Uh, on to something else uh, now, uh, Peter Paul. Uh, I wanted to ask you, so what is on everyone's mind when we when you want to implement a, a good regulation for the gaming environment is the channelization uh, of the market. Yes. Can you talk a little bit of um, what are your goals, would you say, for the channelization rate with the, uh, with the Dutch legislation? And, and uh, how do you think this will all play out? Now, so the, from from the uh, the outset, uh, uh, Spielverantwoord has always been um, uh, pleading to uh, maximize channelization to make uh, the Dutch licensing system so attractive uh, that consumers actually have uh, choice um, and can play with their uh, operator of uh, uh, choice and um, uh, play under the protection of the uh, the Dutch uh, um, uh, licensing system. Now, from the start, um, it was contemplated uh, having um, um, two different tax, um, uh, two different uh, tax levies, um, one for uh, the existing land-based industry and one for the online industry. And uh, after um, extensive lobbying, of course, uh, this was, um, this was uh, uh, this was changed, and there now is an overall tax rate of um, 
well, it currently stands at 30.1%, but is expected to jump back to 29%. It's a temporary um, increase, if I understand correctly. Right? Yeah, this this was a temporary increase to deal with, you know, the the this is kind of, well, it's not funny, but it's cynical almost, <laughs> because uh, the state did get uh, less money uh, in tax receipts because the uh, law was uh, still not uh, enacted. Uh, they temporarily increased the tax rate to 30.1% to pay for the, um, uh, for the, uh, for basically the, the, uh, the, the, the lesser revenue that came in. Um, but anyway, so it, it, it is expected to be 29% across the board. If you compare it to other European uh, gambling markets, that is very high. Um, I, I'm not sure if I can say the highest, but it, it's definitely in the top three of uh, gambling tax uh, uh, around uh, uh, Europe. How does it um, compare to some of the other uh, so, uh, uh, I know that uh, very recently in Denmark, they decided to raise uh, the... Um, uh, the tax to 28 or 27.5 or something like that, mm. which, you know, they are screaming murder about in Denmark because this will be very detrimental for the high channelization rate that they currently have. And they expect uh, the channelization rate to go down dramatically as a result of this tax increase. Mm. So, you know, this gives, this gives uh, a reason to, you know, look very closely at what uh, the the current tax rate in the Netherlands will uh, will mean for channelization mm. um, but I, I you know I'm, I'm convinced that it's not impossible to to get at a, a high uh, channelization rate uh, the uh, rate that the government set out to reach is 80 percent um, which is a uh, uh, how do you say that? It's a tough, uh, tough goal. Um, but uh, you know, we we as uh, Spiel for Antwerp are committed to uh, you know work together with all stakeholders and the government to uh, to arrive at the highest channelization rate possible. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that um, that makes sense. I mean, eighty percent channelization seems um, seems it doesn't seem like the most uh, ridiculous targets. I mean. Uh, that's uh, I mean when the Swedish market opened up, that was uh, I think the generalization was was touching even ninety percent at some point. Yeah, uh, uh, this you know I'm I'm also trailing what's happening in Sweden uh, a little bit. Now uh, it's decreasing, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, it's decreasing, and uh, you have to you know have to look at generalization per uh, um, um, uh, part of the gambling market. So if you will, so you have to look at land based, and you have to look at online. Uh, land-based, I don't think uh, channelization, uh, the channelization rate uh, ever uh, gets below 90 in uh, in Sweden. Right. Uh, but that tells you something about the channelization rate of the online sector as well. So it will be something that we will be closely monitoring and uh, also uh, we intend to uh, report on this mm. um, and work with uh, all stakeholders to you know get the highest percentage uh, we can. Yeah, now and something uh, that has been uh, negatively uh, impacting the channelization rate is um, obviously these measures that are being taken in, in, uh, in certain markets uh, during the uh, corona epidemic, epidemic uh, obviously with uh, Sweden imposing strict uh, uh, deposit limits. Now the UK market is all of a sudden, um, uh, the, the, the parliament is going out to say that they want to be a lot more strict uh, within the market and also implementing um, 
tough, tough restrictions, uh, both in terms of deposit limits, but also marketing-wise. Um, is this something that is being discussed in the Netherlands as well? Are you scared that this will have a detrimental impact on the re-regulation as well? Oh, we always have to be, you know, uh, prudent. We have to be careful um, because um, sometimes uh, out of the best intentions come uh, comes the worst uh, regulations. Um, in, in some instances, regulations are introduced to, uh, for instance, on, on betting, um, uh, banning certain types of betting. Uh, are invented or are introduced to combat match fixing, and what they what these measures do is push uh, players away from the regulated offer because you know players will want to put bets out on certain types of uh, you know uh, sports events or in in live betting, um, and if you ban it on the regulated side, people people will try to find it and they go to unregulated sites and. You know, on unregulated sites, match fixing is much more likely to happen. So, although it was done with the best intention, and we, you know, we we have the same intentions. We want to, uh, you know, we want to combat match fixing, and we, we want to eradicate match fixing. But we think you don't arrive at that goal by these, you know, these banning and blocking measures. Um, so, and and as. Um, Going, coming back to your question on on COVID nineteen, what what we did see in the Netherlands, um, I think I haven't seen it so much in other markets, is that um, you know from the land based industry there were signals that um, there were um, supposedly um, operators active um, or you know um, resellers of um, uh, of operators um, active and trying to attract people to uh, a corona free um, uh, or a corona safe um, uh, uh, online casino um, luckily um, after checking uh, thoroughly uh, none of the um, none of the members of uh, spiel for Antwort, uh, or any of the the bigger well-known uh, online gambling brands uh, were um, uh, were doing this um, but uh, you see sometimes that um, uh, signals are um, are pushing towards a certain measure to be taken, and then um, it, it you know it, 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 these measures are not really helpful. Um, uh, so again, luckily enough, um, it 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 stopped. I think uh, there were uh, there were a number of uh, marketing uh, sites uh, doing this. Uh, as far as I know, they have stopped doing this. And the biggest problem of um, uh, increased participation in uh, unregulated uh, gambling was uh, in uh, unregulated land-based uh, gambling in the Netherlands. Okay, interesting. So, because um, what I, but it seems to be trending a little bit within in Europe at least is, uh, like I said, Sweden implements the deposit limits, and then because of that, uh, the UK is now looking at similar. Uh, restrictions and it's almost a little bit like a domino uh, effect yeah. that is taking place. Can you do, you do you get the sense that that is what is happening as well? That yeah, the, you know, the, the, next, the next regulator doesn't want to be worse than the yeah, other one. Yeah, exactly. So it is almost like a, a race to be the toughest regulator. Yeah, who can or, be the toughest? Know, yeah. or the toughest uh, member of parliament. And again, you know, I I don't um, I don't question the intentions of of the MPs or the regulators, but sometimes. Um, these regulations are 
um, uh, misinformed uh, or, or, or baseless um, because um, there are certain fears and these fears are sometimes even created um, and then they act on these fears and take uh, measures that you know look very tough and look very good in uh, you know public opinion if you will ask someone in the street do you think that gambling advertising is very irritating they will all say yes um, uh, but that th the question really should be um, whether uh, you know gambling advertising um, uh, has adverse effects on uh, the population and uh, should be you know should be restricted just as an example mm. um, so you know it's it's you know let's, let's let's be honest it's it's not it's not easy to be a politician nowadays uh, so even a politician is on the pressure to um, to come up with strict regulations and to to act the will of the people um, uh, and th this is how the biggest um, um, the biggest mistakes are made. I think um, you know even even in the case of uh, Sweden, I'm I'm absolutely I'm absolutely convinced that the minister uh, uh, has the best intentions. But um, I think you know next time or maybe even about these um, uh, regulations, he should speak with the industry uh, first and act on the basis of facts, and um, then he probably would have found out in time that this measure is not going to help. Mm. And, and that is, uh, of course, why the why trade associations are so important, because you are pretty much the only voice that uh, that can deliver this information. So, so um, do, do, do you work closely with the government? Do you communicate with them? How? What are your efforts to educate? As, uh, as, okay. as close as close as can be um, mm. of course we have to uh, you know we uh, have to uh, to be as transparent as possible um, and uh, you know in, in this in this like we, we speak with everybody so we also speak with uh, the incumbent uh, operators the land-based operators uh, our um, uh, future uh, competition um, and um, I think this is uh, this is the basis of a of a healthy uh, a gambling market. Um, so um, yes, we do uh, we do work closely together with uh, with the government, with uh, MPs that want to uh, want to have a discussion with us, and uh, with the gambling regulator. Yeah, and I, and I would assume that this is the key, right? Because uh, uh, the, the the misinformation and the perception of the industry uh, has uh, is perhaps different from uh, from reality, of course. And um, as the as the agri industry is not the easiest, perhaps to to get the attention that uh, that it uh, needs to get the uh, much sometimes out of, out of all the uh, subjects that a politician has to choose from <laughs> even even the politicians that have gambling in their um, list of subjects that they mm. have to trill and you know be on committees on and this is probably the least well, I'm not going to use the word sexy, but it's, it's the least, uh, you know, it's very, very hard to get to get a big result on this on this uh, um, uh, subject. So the, the MPs that are taking an interest, you know, I, I, I commend them and I, I you know, I, I invite uh, I invite them to to work with us uh, to, to come to uh, a better uh, gambling market. Um, but, you know, I always say uh, gambling has no friends. Uh, it's 
It's not a subject that anybody likes. Uh, there is no minister that, you know, uh, that has, you know, a true interest in, in, in gambling. Only when uh, tax needs to be collected, gambling is interesting. Uh, and that's a fact of life, and I'm, I'm not complaining about it, but it's good to, um, you know, to, to uh, remember y yourself sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, in the longer term picture, this is also is something we have discussed previously in the podcast too. But it's a it's a perception problem uh, yes. that the industry has uh, that uh, obviously has been created um, uh, through the years with its very aggressive marketing. Yes, and, yes, uh, absolutely. It, 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 you know, quick absolutely. money, win. You know, win yeah. a yacht and become rich and all these things. But it should be perceived as an entertainment-led industry yes. i mean and as a trade association i think i mean isn't that something that you want to pull your members together in kind of a, a, a common goal to change yeah. That perception yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's a very valid point you know i think um, uh, a large part of the um of the, a large chunk of of the reason why we are in the situation we are now why we have such a bad image uh we have to look at ourselves and what has happened in the in the past and how uh you know how some companies have behaved in the past um and it's it's going to be hard to you know to change um this perspective and to change um uh, the image uh, of the gambling industry and then you know even when 95 99% of the companies are doing their best and are sincerely uh, trying to, you know, change and improve uh, the way gambling uh, companies operate. There still will be, you know, rotten apples uh, that are going to draw, you know, draw us back into uh, into the boat we uh, we are in today. Um, but uh, yeah, so the UK um, is an interesting one because um, I think the market was regulated in two thousand five. And I'm not going to say it was a free for all, but you know they were they were basically um, given a lot of freedom, and uh, especially on the field of marketing that you just raised. Um, I think the UK has shown that it is hard uh, as a single operator to restrict or restrain yourself in uh, marketing uh, and and going into the market. A battle, um, um, you know, the fight for uh, uh, advertising space, etc. Um, whilst being afraid to lose out on your competitor at the same time, so it's it's a very, you know, it's a conundrum, and it's not easily solved. Um, I, I believe that if you um, self-regulate from the get-go, so this is basically a chance that we have in the Netherlands, if you self-regulate from the get-go and ensure that you know the the total size. Uh, and the the tone of the marketing is not intrusive, um, which will be hard. You know that's what what uh, Sweden showed us. Mm. Uh, but if you start with self-regulating and show uh, politicians and policymakers and stakeholders that the industry is actually capable of restraining itself and ensuring that you know. Uh, the Dutch consumer isn't uh, inundated with gambling um, advertising, then, uh, you know, this is definitely um, uh, the way to go. Um, mm. 
because if you you know if you don't, then the regulator will step in, and uh, uh, politicians and, and ministers and MPs will call for very stringent uh, regulations. And in some cases, even ban outright uh, gambling advertising, which would be uh, totally wrong. Yeah, and um, I think uh, the Netherlands have already taken some strict measures when it comes to the gambling advertisement. Are I correct? The, the the motion is to ban advertisement between. 9 a.m. and 10 p.m. Yeah, so basically, yeah, the watershed uh, has recently been raised from the the previous 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, on television, radio, hmm. for gambling advertising, excluding advertising for lotteries, uh, because that is allowed from 7 p.m. the way the the way it was uh, before. Uh, but it's true, we we already have a. Um, um, a, a comprehensive um, a set of regulations, uh, which in part is self-regulating. Uh, so advertising in the Netherlands, like in the UK and, and other markets, I think is uh, self-regulation. Um, and it works considerably well, I, I, I have to say, you know, even in my uh, previous capacity as, a, as an operator, I know it, it worked uh, pretty quick and, and very well. Um, but we now have to ensure that with the onset of the regulated online gambling market, um, this this new part of the market also is uh, is uh, regulated uh, uh, appropriately. Yeah, and I, I think um, I mean looking at the, the the Swedish market and like you mentioned, seeing what can happen if the operators become too aggressive with uh, you know Ninja Casino losing their license even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the operators were scared that they might lose the licenses as well, and uh, I think yeah, the results are from all of this is that uh, the um, the way that the major operators are now doing marketing is is shifting away from this aggressive stance. They have realized that you know they can it's it's not just a free for all any any longer. They yep. they kind of have to restrain a bit. Yeah. Um, from one uh, one thing to that, I lost uh, uh, a topic that I want to talk to you today uh, about today, Peter Paul, is uh, uh, going back to where we began actually uh, with the uh, with the delays in the uh, in the legislation, and um, from what I understand it now is uh, the uh, it's now being discussed to implement the. Um, uh, the licensing system from uh, the first of March, but this also clashes with the general elections in in the Netherlands. And um, from what I understand, it there there are voices within Parliament, or, or the the expectation is that there is uh, um, there is some voices within the Parliament that will use the fact that it's happening so close to the election to try to delay the legislation even further and pot yeah. potentially even collapsing the whole effort of implementing the licensing system. Can you, can you talk about that? Do you think that it will happen? Uh, you know, is there a chance that the, the legislation will actually not come into play at all? Uh, so uh, based on past experience, I can not give you any guarantees. <laughs> um, I think the, the the last option, the, the collapse of, of the system and no licensing system uh, coming to the Netherlands, Netherlands would be, you know, uh, I would say an extraterrestrial or a nuclear option. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think that is very likely to happen. But I will not say I guarantee 100% that it doesn't. Um, I think um, if the act is signed into power by the king. Uh, as is necessary in the Netherlands, uh, per the 1st of uh, March, we will be just in time. 
Um, and what I mean to say with that is that um, the elections, uh, from top of mind, I think it's the 21st or 25th of March, but somewhere halfway through March or towards the end of March. So if the act is um, signed into uh, uh, power by the king per the 1st of March, uh, the act does not, and the act and the the supporting documents, so the the, the lower uh, regulations and policy, do not risk uh, being declared controversial, uh, which would mean a standstill. Uh, so uh, Parliament doesn't discuss any of the subject because it's too important. Uh, I, I think the risk, uh, the risk that we will get the act after. Um, uh, the elections, uh, um, so the enactment of the act after the uh, the elections is fairly limited. Uh, I, I do have very good hope that um, uh, that the minister, in discussions with the land-based uh, um, uh, parties uh, and, the, and the industry, uh, will come to uh, a mutually agreeable uh, later date, because that is what the, the minister promised in the debate two weeks ago in, uh, in, in the lower house. Um, and um, the minister actually said uh, when asked, uh, so how much are you thinking about? How much more delay are you thinking about concretely? And then he said a couple of, we a couple of months uh, and a couple in Dutch uh, is two. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. it will be a, a little calculation. Yeah. Yeah. A little calculation brings us to the first of March. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I expect that this gives the extra leeway that the land-based uh, industry uh, were calling for uh, uh, to uh, cope with the uh, the detrimental uh, effects of COVID nineteen on their operations. Um, and um, yeah, uh, so that that's. That's my take on it, um, and it, it, to me, it's incomprehensible even considering uh, the possibility that the whole thing would fall flat flat on its face after more than seven years of debating it. You know, everyone that is working on this with the best intentions cannot see that as a possible uh, outcome of this process. So only, only the malicious uh, uh malicious uh, parties to uh, to this whole process would uh, would think in in such a way I, I i cannot see that happen uh because the fact of the matter is you know the dutch consumer has been playing without the uh, protection of um the of the dutch government um the ksa is you know as far as i know is is ready to um to start uh regulating the online gambling market and uh, I know that m my members are ready to uh, to come onto the online gambling market and um, and uh, work towards the the common goal of uh, the highest uh, uh, channelization rate we can uh, achieve in the Netherlands. Mm. Great, uh, Paul. Very very interesting. And uh, let's hope that uh, the um, legislation comes into effect it before it becomes a teenager, basically. Yeah. But uh, hopefully, uh, let's, let's uh, not bet a, let's not bet a bottle of wine on it. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Knock on wood, basically. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, uh, Petfold, for for Thank you today it's uh, really interesting to 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 learn and uh, understand what's what's happening in Netherlands uh, exciting times and uh, hopefully uh, things will will pan out as planned and uh, not any uh, further uh, delays basically is there anything else uh, you'd like to add today that we haven't covered yet 
so I, I saw another question uh, from Yvonne. Um, yes. Do you think that we can get an attractive enough online game of chance offer for players in the Netherlands with all the restrictions? My my short answer is yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that we uh, can get an attractive enough online uh, offer. Uh, but it is, you know, we, we have to make sure that you know, uh, we we can open this market up uh, as quickly as possible, uh, so we can get Dutch players in the, let's say, safe uh, online gambling market uh, under the um, uh, under the oversight of the the KSA. Great, thank you again, uh, Yvonne, for uh, contributing with the questions for us today. Yes. Uh, thank you, Peter Paul. Uh, I wish you a beautiful. Um, Tuesday afternoon here in Malta. It's 30 degrees in sunshine, and I'm about to go out and enjoy it as much as I can as well. So, so enjoy, and, and thanks very much. And we'll be enjoying, uh, I think uh, we're going off, but we'll be enjoying uh, Dutch summer, which is you know, a little bit of rain, a little bit of sunshine. Fantastic. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Thank you. This fruitful discussion has been brought to you by our sponsors, Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. Is your business struggling to keep up with the development demands on your current gaming platform? Well, then it's time to upgrade to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Multi-tenant, multi-currency, multi-regional, API-based, rule engine automated, regulation ready. It's all here out of the box. Smart businesses leverage Pragmatic SaaS model and license powerful modern technology for a fraction of the cost of in-house development. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. Stay safe and take care.